0: Johnny, that's better than most.
1: That is better than most.
2: Better than most. The return to glory. Some people think that that tattoo is the lowest score I've shot on nine holes, by the way. 30. Like, nah. 29. I'm like, nah, that's an own, bro. <laughs> um... I have not shot 29 yet. I'm I'm getting there, but I got a lot of 30s, and I know it's coming. So, I've had a lot of opportunities, a lot of putts. It's gonna be, it's gonna happen this year for sure. Play more golf, 2024, for me at least. So that is your lowest score, The nine. For nine holes, it is. Yeah, 30. <laughs> um, but it's a no. That's what this actually is. It's um. I could get into all sorts of explain it, but I honestly could
0: barely even see it.
2: It looks like the number thirty. But, but it's more. uh it's Sanskrit for the word om. Or om. What's that Which mean? is like um I don't want to butcher it, but it's like it's a universal saying for like I see you, peace, like kind of – it's a yogi thing. I was going to say, thing. it sounds
0: very sounds very yogi. Um, but anyway, we're here joined today by uh, Mr. Andrew Dorn. How you doing, man? It's been a minute. What's
1: up, guys? What's going on? Take
0: we were two. talking uh, last pod about the U.S. Open and I didn't know it was at Pinehurst this year and then I realized that you played in the U.S. Open 10 years ago, which – blows my mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it does seem like a long time ago. But then when like, I hear 10 years ago, I was like, geez, dude, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I, I and I was going into that was the summer between junior and senior year of college for me too. So or and, and Mike as well. But uh, that just reminds me I'm I'm old getting old. I guess it's all relative, but I don't really like hearing the 10 years ago deal.
0: Yeah, dude, yeah I feel you. Absolutely insane. Um, is that the same golf course, right? The U.S. Open?
1: Yeah, number two. Yeah.
0: Are you going to be healthy to try to qualify? Or...
1: I'm not sure. They haven't really given me like a good exact timetable. I think they know better to be like, yeah, four months, you're going to be ready to go. Uh, I've like heard positive things from people that have had the surgery and other people that have... like other trainers and everything, but uh, I don't know. I'm expecting to be like right around that time frame of like qualifying is like when I'm expecting to start playing golf and everything. So who knows? But yeah, that is a personal goal of mine is to be ready to go for good old Mac Tiwa US Open locals. Um, I may be rusty, but even if, if I'm allowed to go like and play, I'm gonna play like, I don't care if it's my first round back or whatever. I mean, preferably I'd like to play Clover Nook and then Mac Tebow, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. I mean, whatever you got to do to get, to get ready. I mean, I want to see you playing on full cylinders. It's always fun to watch Andrew Dorn playing at a hundred percent, even competing against you too. Like it's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Thanks. Uh,
1: what,
2: what exactly did you do to your shoulder?
1: Uh, so I tore my labrum. Uh, I was, Talking about getting old. I was uh, <laughs> doing doing some yard work in, uh, earlier this year in the spring and I was like pulling bags of dirt off the back of the truck. And uh, I was like, last couple bags were in the back. So I just pulling them over the side and I like pulled up with my, I tore this shoulder, my left shoulder. I pulled up like this and my shoulder just kind of like popped a little bit. And it was like, yeah, that freaking hurt. And uh, just stood there for a second and then got the bag of dirt back like off the truck. And then I was like, Hey, Hey dad, I'm, I'm uh, done, done for the day. I'm tired. I think I'm going to stop, uh, stop working in the yard. And then, uh, that was like the weekend before Clover Nook open last year. So then, you know, whatever I was playing on it, most of the year it started to get worse and worse. And then I started getting more corn fairy events and, and then all of a sudden come, come like, June late June after I I had some time at home I went to the doctor got a steroid shot they said it was likely torn I'm like there's no reason to do a MRI I'm going to play regardless like but uh yeah I mean I was still able to play some good golf but I I'm not going to sit here and say it's the reason why I didn't play that good last year I don't want to like use that as an excuse but I really couldn't practice or I mean I was able to hit balls for like an hour a day. So my putting got pretty good, but if I wasn't playing good that day, I wasn't gonna play good at all. So, and then after the steroid shot, I got uh, somewhat normal and then come Q school again, it started to feel eh. And then after Q school, it didn't get through, took a month off, fired things back up around Thanksgiving and it was bad. So I was like, all right, let's go get an MRI, torn labrum. And here we are. Yeah. Um,
2: so what's the timeline been for you? Like, have you um, like, had any treatment on it yet?
1: Yeah. So, uh, it's like four to six weeks. You're wearing a sling and I am like approaching five weeks from surgery. Like this will be my fifth week. So I only have one more week wearing the sling. I'm allowed to like, when I'm at home and, not in public. I'm allowed to kind of just like take my arm out of it and start letting it hang or hang a little bit. And uh, four to six weeks in the sling. So I'll be six weeks, uh, I'll take the sling off and then uh, I have a checkup in five weeks from now and I think that'll be like, so it'll be 10 weeks out from surgery and that'll be when I'm starting to do like more Okay. You can chip or something like that. So, uh, but I know I had this one operated on in high school. Uh, you know, I had some hoop dreams back in the day and, uh, same surgery, but this, the, the right shoulder was worse. So that one took like, that happened in late January. I was ready to go by high school golf, but I wasn't really like firing on all cylinders. So, uh, but yeah.
2: I remember that one.
1: Hoop dreams.
2: You tore <laughs> yeah, one so when, what, we, when we played Four Bridges, too.
1: Yeah, and then I, I, like, I frayed my, I tore. So, like, a year after the surgery, the, the, my right one, the very next, like, spring, Mike and I went out to Four Bridges, like, some random Monday in May uh, or April. And first tee, we go to 10. I tee off on 10. I don't know if I made a practice swing or actually he get the a, shot. I
0: made a practice swing. He literally takes it back to the top and goes, nope. Picks his bag up and goes, oh, <laughs> next day. And I, tour my, tour I,
1: yeah, I went, like, straight to the doctor after that. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, let's get an MRI, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the labrums the cartilage in the shoulder joint. So, it like, uh, stabilizes that, you know, whatever this bone and the uh, that bone is. Not the collarbone. But, yeah, real real medical speak here, but uh, it stabilizes that joint. So as soon as there's like a tear, or even like a fray, you start to lose stability. And then you get like that pinching, like tightness pain from it and everything like that. So I knew from time before, when I was playing with Mike in high school that that feeling was the same. So I went and got it checked out. And they're like, yeah, it's just frayed. So take a month off and you're good. And that's kind of what happened. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, I haven't dealt with shoulders too often. Uh, a lot of my stuff has been like hips, hamstrings, back, but I can only imagine like it must be tough to like when you're going through that to like set the club the way you want to consistently. And you never know like when that pinch is going to come. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it was frustrating because like my left, your left arm, my righty, like going across your body like this, uh, I couldn't really like rotate the club open at all so and i didn't have any like that good of range of motion so my swing was like short and shut at the top i like to hit fades but so that was fine but i was like like that way through i couldn't keep my shoulder my shoulder kept kicking up so i was like pole hooking the crap out of everything this year it was ugly ugly i think i played the club or nook open and i was literally playing like a 20 yard hook with every club it was brutal (laughs) <laughs> which, you know, is is fine sometimes on certain courses, but as soon as I got to a course where it was like, um, I couldn't I couldn't turn my driver over, but I could hook my irons, so I was like slap cutting my driver and pole hooking my irons. My swing, I was like, swing speed was like cruising around like one thirteen to one fifteen this year too, which is is a slower side for me. So usually I'm like, you know, one twenties. Yeah, upper upper teens, lower twenties. I mean, this time last year, I was like, I got my highest ball speed indoors at like 184. I was like 124 club head speed, 184 ball speed. So, uh, that's yeah,
2: it's 15 mile an hour, or not quite 15 mile an hour, but
1: yeah, I mean, it's it was
2: significantly slower.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was playing a different game than I'm used to. Uh, not that I'm like a bomber, but my distance wow. and height of shot definitely helps. Or my game, at least.
0: I mean, any yeah. little naggy injury anywhere in your body. Yeah. Like I, I uh, When we started playing Fortnite again, like, a few weeks ago, and I hurt my back, just a pinched nerve. But, like, I couldn't. It took me 30 minutes to get out of bed. Yeah. And I then see. once I started hitting balls again, I was so afraid to take a full swing because if I felt that sharp pain go to my back again, brutal but like i have both ac joints my shoulders sprained um Mm -hmm. but that's from just me being an idiot at the gym uh but like you know that pain is goes away after like a week or so but it's just like a stinger and you just can't get like what you want on the on the club and any anything little can could really mess you up
1: for sure um I joke. I mean, I I say I'm I'm too explosive and my body can't handle can't handle my my power. Zion. So, uh, yeah, you know, player comps eye on here, but uh, we got a similar build. We're cut from the same cloth. I'm just about a foot shorter than him.
0: I need your I need your bench press and deadlift if you got it.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, I, I don't. It's it's nothing right now. Zero <laughs>
0: bench press with the shoulder injury is not as smartest as you
1: do. Yeah, I've been like. Uh, I'm allowed to like start working out as of like two weeks ago but I've just like not touched upper body. Cause I could only do right arm stuff. And I was like, it'd be, I'm already going to be out of balance because I'm doing everything right handed already. So I've just been, been on my Lance Armstrong grind, just riding the bike, trying to do some interval training and I don't know, wow. get less fat.
2: <clears throat> um, I had something for that, but it went away. <laughs>
0: I need to hear what you have for that.
2: Um, Since well, you said less uh, fat. Yeah. Right. Well, no, no, no donuts anymore, or what?
1: <laughs> I mean, I uh, I saw like a clip on Instagram, and the guys like I I'm something along the lines of like I my body type looks like I'm the type of person that never turns down a donut, but also goes <laughs> to the gym. Uh, and that's that's kind of what how I look like even when I'm in good shape. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got married in October uh, and then holidays. And then right after Thanksgiving, I went on my honeymoon and then came back Christmas, New Year's. And I was like not doing anything because I was around surgery. So it was like I was OK for my wedding, like in my weight wise. I was probably on my higher end. And then it was like I just freaking ballooned. I was like, oh, my God. I have to go, um, you guys are skinny, so you don't understand this, but, um, us fat people have like fat clothes and then our skinny clothes. So I had to like go into my storage and grab some of my fat pants because those are the only ones that fit me. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, for surgery, I know I couldn't like button my pants. So I needed some like real loose fitting joggers (laughs) and, uh, And so I got like a size bigger in my joggers and I was like, okay, cool. These are, these are like way too big right now. It's fine. Like they're easy to slip on and now, and it's like, oh, they've gotten to a point where they're fitting. Like they're no longer big. They just fit like regular (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, God, I I got, I got to get back in the gym, I got to do something
2: the bike's helping though
1: isn't it a little bit i mean it's like getting my heart rate up and everything i'm, I'm still not trying to like kill myself because i don't want to like strain and like have to like you know if you're like really like exerting like every muscle is kind of like tense so i don't want to like have to like feel straight but I'll, I'll ride for like 30 minutes and do a sprint at like every five minutes or something like that um that's good just to just to get the heart rate going and then I'll do like some body weight stuff, just like some squats and lunges. I'm sure there's more I can do, but um, yeah, I'm fat and I'm just trying to take it easy. <laughs> take
0: it easy so. You know, it's funny right before you hopped on, <laughs> I was telling Dave last night, like I've been streaming yeah, like Fortnite and I like last night I was like I ate dinner and usually I like to give like myself an hour, hour and a half before I go to the gym after I eat. I was like, oh, I'm going to hop on, maybe stream a little bit. And uh, I started getting, like, a bunch of people to watch. So I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, ride the the wave. And so I streamed for, like, four and a half hours last night. And I didn't go to the gym. And I woke up and I was telling Dave, I'm like, I feel like I lost 20 pounds because I didn't go to the gym last night.
1: (laughs) What a luxury.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, like, putting on weight is impossible. And I had food poisoning a couple weeks ago. Oh, dude, I got food poisoning from Chipotle.
1: Oh, no, bad,
0: bad. Oh, I felt, no, I got like lost like 60 pounds.
1: I need to go to Chipotle then.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Didn't you get food poisoning life? from Chipotle it, back in the day too? Yeah.
1: Like, uh, I don't know when it was, it was like probably first year out of college, like 2016, I got food poisoning and I was like, I'm never touching this place again. And I, I just, it, it, I love Chipotle, so I, you yeah. can't not go there. Pretty sure last yeah, time I for saw sure. you
0: was at Chipotle in Kansas.
1: Yeah, where were we, Kansas? Gosh. Wait, yeah, no I think no. Matthew at Chipotle. We saw each
0: other got in, like, each other in I- Iowa?
1: Uh, St. Louis. We stayed together. That qualifier. Oh, that's, right. that's right, yeah. And maybe K- Kansas. I saw you in Kansas, too, or oh, somewhere.
2: <laughs> that was when right. you guys found that, like, Sick setup down there, right? And you oh, that you one course. It, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Practice that,
0: yeah. of course, for like two weeks or something. Sand, sand something. Um,
1: yeah, I forget the name of it. It wasn't Sand Ridge, but it was a, I mean, for a Monday qualifier course, it was sick. It was like tough and a pretty good course.
0: Great. I mean, the course stretched out to like 7,600 yards, 7,800 yards. Every,
1: yeah. We didn't uh, even play all the way back for the qualifier.
0: Not even close. Like there were some T boxes that, like after the qualifier, me and James stayed there for a week, and they let us practice for free, play for free. Like they didn't, they didn't care.
1: That's <laughs> it was, nice. It was
0: a cool, it was a cool setup. Um, yeah, that's. I feel like I see Doran at the most random spots.
1: Yeah, I'll be at a Monday qualifier. You'll find me there.
2: Well, hopefully it's Makatiwa and even more hopeful that it's Clovernook, but regardless, hoping that you're uh that you're making your comeback and playing in Pinehurst, because that's uh, one thing we talked about in the last pod as well, too. Uh, just like what we're going to do to prepare for the U.S. Open um, and other tournaments ahead. Uh, since we're not fresh out of college anymore, we don't have like all the time in the world to have like a good practice regiment. You probably know that now too, being a, being a husband and homeowner and Ohio life. Yeah. an
1: Ohio resident now again, got to
2: find ways to make it work and get ready for, for May, June, which, uh, that's a big time for us. Uh, it's our one chance to get into a major right now. I mean, I don't know if we haven't really caught up too much, Andrew, but, like, I'm in the process to get my PGA so I can play some more um, around the area. And and with, uh, with being a golf coach, I qualify for it. So um, that's one thing I'm doing to play. But in the meantime, like, I'm still, like, I still want to play in majors. So does Mike. So do you. And so like, that's one way for me to maybe get into the PGA in, in future years. So, but right now this year it's U S Open or bust. Uh, they're not going to give me an invitation to the masters, nor, nor you or or Mike, unfortunately, but, but maybe next year, maybe 2025 next year. Yeah. So, yeah. Win but yeah, um, when the U S open it takes care of wow. it all. But, uh, but yeah, I mean one thing we're doing is really trying to take some accountability over these next several months leading up to it. I haven't done much or I haven't been practicing like the way I want to, but um it's time to get into it and start start grinding. So, I mean I've been going I've been been busy with a few things on and off the golf course and work, but um but yeah, I mean that's one thing we want to do is really just hold ourselves accountable. And you being someone that's played at Pinehurst and uh, still kind of has, like, I'm sure it's like, like it's burning in you to, to get better as soon as possible and, and kind of get back there if you can, because it's such a special place. I mean, not, not only to me, but to you and many
1: other people. So what's, Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, that'd be sweet especially 10 years and it's been the last U.S. Open there. So definitely a point of emphasis on the year for sure. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's going to be one of the first, uh, one of the first events that you're playing in as with myself too. So
1: Um. yeah, no scar tissue for the year. Come in fresh (laughs) zero expectations. Sometimes that's good. You know,
2: Yeah, most certainly. Uh, so before we like start talking about like stuff that you want to do, stuff that myself and Mike wants to do, like talk about like what like one of your some of your big takeaways from ten years ago playing in the U.S. Open. Now that you can look back at it as it was ten years ago, like the thirty-one year old version of yourself. Um, yeah, I would love to hear your perspective of it now. As compared to then, maybe like what you were feeling then as well too.
1: Yeah, I mean, feeling wise, I was so freaking nervous that I like I could do one thing, and that was just hit it full and hard, and I had like zero touch or feel that week. So, just like um, understanding the nerves and knowing that they're going to be there and everything like that, and um, you know, nerves aren't a aren't a bad thing. It's just uh, uh the awareness of that and everything like that uh just being a dumb college kid i i felt like i was gonna just roll right in there and, and not be that nervous and you know stepping up on the first tee and putting the peg in the ground i was like well this is a different feeling so um just kind of being aware of that and like that feeling of the nerves and everything i mean whatever people talk about the routine relying on your routine and everything and uh Over the years, I mean, I've gotten a little bit more into meditation. I just do like a guided 10 minute meditation daily and everything that just helps calm, like breath work and things like that. Just uh, so like that's something maybe that, you know, it helps every day on, on, you know, on and off the course. But for sure, like helping control that emotions on the course definitely has an impact. But uh, yeah, yeah. other things, I mean, the preparation was the big thing that I noticed, like, week of and, and, and whatnot. I mean, I was still in college at the time, so I didn't, I had an idea of, like, what I should do uh, for to get ready for tournaments and at the tournaments, but I, I'd never been or played in too many events where you show up on, like, Sunday or, I got there, like, Saturday night, I think, and the tournament doesn't start till Thursday, so I had, like, five full days to prepare. And it was like, what do you need to do with that time? And, you know, being younger, I'm like, oh, cool. The more I can like practice and and be on the course, the better, you know, like you'll just get more comfortable with the course, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I've learned like getting your body just in the best shape possible is probably the most important being like physically ready to play, like mentally and physically ready to play. So everybody's got a different formula i mean there's guys that sit there and grind all week and you know the more balls the better other guys are like yeah i'm only going to play nine today and nine tomorrow and then just kind of take it light on wednesday or something like that so um and like since then i've played you know several different tours and like have that same you know monday tuesday wednesday practice round setup so i've kind of got a, a formula that works what I mean, I don't know if it's worked, but I think I have something that um, that I know that I can do to get me in the best shape and ready to go for Thursday for my like week setup. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is dumb because it's like drilled into our head at a young age, but your short game can't ever be sharp enough. So just like making sure that your speed is dialed in for the week and uh, you've got, you know, all the shots around the green covered and what. And whatnot. And that's like big at Pinehurst just because of the greens, um, how they are, you know, falling off and everything's going to be back up into the grain and you're chipping up it, like to a surface, elevated surface and whatnot. So just making sure you got the shots ready to go. And, and uh, yeah, little things like that. Ball striking is going to come and go. Hopefully you have a good ball striking week. But in general, it's just get your mind and body rested and uh, keep that short game sharp. And that's about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, sounds like you you've taken a lot of wisdom away from the tour events that you've played in on like Corn Ferry PGA Tour in Canada after that as well too. But um yeah, I mean for that to be your first PGA tour event. 10 years ago, playing in Pinehurst, like you were, I mean, you were raw. Like you said, like you thought you had a, like you knew a way to practice, but I mean, you did the best with what you could as well too. I'll I'll say in defense for your 21 year old self. I mean, that's, uh, definitely not easy to, to be thrown in that situation. And, um, I mean, sometimes it works for people, like and they all everything goes the right way, and like that's something they can roll with. But yeah, I mean, just to at least have that wisdom and experience, I'd say is is gold for you and for everyone that you share that with. Um, but yeah, what's uh, what do you think was the coolest thing that uh, you didn't like think of back then, but now you're like, ah, oh, that was really nice. Like I know you played with like Adam Scott and a few other like noteworthy guys like Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson, but um, what's something cool that uh, you can that you can take away now? And be like, yeah, like I, I really, really, really learned a lot from that. Whether I
0: it was want on a the real, course. I want or a real the answer course. that I want a behind the scenes answer. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, and like I. I've, I've, like, told people this, and I, I think I was pretty quick to, like, realize, like, the that preparation aspect. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, being in college, I just wasn't aware of, like, what goes in behind the scenes, like, behind the ropes kind of deal, like, during the course of the week. You just think everybody plays 18 every day and hits balls a bunch and shows up. So seeing how they take it light um, and, like, yeah, similar to what I just said, the short game aspect, like, I played with Adam Scott on Wednesday. He was world number one at the time. And when you think of Adam Scott, you're like ball striker. Dude strikes it, right? I played with him, and he was, like, skanking it around a little bit. And I was like, dude, this guy's got a world, like, unbelievable short game. And I'm like, hey, you just don't ever think of it like that. And that mean, I guess people would probably say that would maybe be his Achilles heel, is uh, like, his putting or something like that. But uh, I was blown away with his – short game and whatnot so yeah prepare like kind of what I just said but like that preparation was the big thing I took a lot of what I learned that week and, and kind of used it to build my uh, preparation for every event since I played uh, just that you know I don't know body management throughout the week um, I wish I had a better answer but yeah I, I it, like I said I think it was pretty quick to realize like uh the amount of like little i don't know if it's the amount of work or uh, like you know not as much work as i thought needed to be put into it during the week yeah uh, i think it's more like,
0: it, i think a lot of it is finding that formula like the it's such a benefit for some of these guys to you know play it every week and then when you're just thrown it like if you monday qualify somewhere you're just thrown into it and You know, it's like everything's kind of scattered. You might not even have enough clothes for that week, you know. And to have that comfortability or like the the ability to be like, oh, my formula is nine holes today, maybe 18 tomorrow. And then just practice on Wednesday, you know, for like three or four hours. um, I mean, that's, that's so big. Like I sent Dave a screenshot of. Tournament I'm playing in in a week and a half, and it was like all the things that like about the golf course, like how much everything is, and like practice rounds are a hundred bucks, or if you want to ride, it's like one hundred and thirty. The range might not be open, so like there's always these like weird little factors that even though you are playing in tournaments, it doesn't simulate what you're actually gonna have access to when you have access to it all. So. Like you said, man, it's it's all about preparation. It's all about how comfortable you are with that preparation. And you don't want to do too much, but you also want to do like, just enough. Golf is so weird when it comes to all that.
1: For sure, yeah. And you hear guys talk about like the majors being the four most important weeks of the year. Um, and they're building their schedule around those, like the top players in the world or building the schedule around those majors so it's like whatever they can do weeks prior to get ready for that one week that way when they're at the tournament they can just try to adjust to like the firmness of the golf course and the speed of the greens and they're not working much on like swing stuff they're just like all right this is what i got with my ball striking hopefully it's in good shape and then i'm just trying to get used to the golf course that week so it's uh and what I've learned the last few years, it's just kind of like building, building to those like important events and time and whatever formula you have for that. Like some guys like to play a lot leading up to it. I personally have found that I usually like to play like a couple of events, like the week prior. So like, I, I definitely want to play like one week, like the week before and kind of use that as like a, a building block, so, like, all my training that I've done to that point, and then I have, like, this trial run of, like, okay, this is, you know, what I was working on in my swing or whatever part of my game, and I'm going to go play in this tournament and test it out. And then, you know, preferably I would play back-to-back weeks and then have the big event so then you know, I can kind of adjust my strategy if I didn't play good that first week into the second week. And then, finally, I've kind of gotten hopefully I've played good from that point on, like in that second week, then I can go into the third event, like the big tournament, and be like, all right, cool, I'm ready to go. I know what works. I know what doesn't work. This is this is how I'm hitting it. This is what I'm going to play, uh, what shots I'm going to play, and then it's just basically executing at that point and uh, you know getting used to the course. Yeah. Um,
0: it's so different going from just playing – I mean, I did that after I hurt my back. I didn't play. I didn't, like, touch a golf course for, like, two or three weeks because it was also right after Christmas when I was in Ohio. Obviously couldn't play. But uh, I played nine holes the day before, just, like, a one-day event, like a small tournament. I shoot four under, didn't miss a shot. Like, didn't miss a shot during that nine holes before my tournament. Played in the tournament. It was. It was like I haven't played golf in a month. You know, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes, especially uh, when you're not seasoned, not especially not in like uh, like season form. So it's uh, it's just it's just so different. The process is so different. I'm sure Dave, you're you're gonna f- feel that too once you start putting your, would you say 500 holes together.
2: Yeah, so I got uh <clears throat> I got a little note card strips worth of uh tallies to add up to it. You can see it here. I'm gonna stick it in my, my yardage book cover. So it's gonna tally, be built like
0: You're gonna tally up like the
2: holes you play? Tally up the holes I play. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna throw in some birdies in there too, now that I'm thinking about it, but I got a checklist of things and some tally marks to make. Um, I want to make a thousand five. I'll just kind of go over it like we were talking about last week, but um, five hundred holes. Uh, want to put a hundred hours worth of practice in at least, uh, and with that, it's going to consist of a uh, thousand five footers made. I want to hit five thousand full swing range balls. I want to hit a hundred or um, one thousand good or satisfactory wedges, and to me, like. What I classify as a good or satisfactory wedge is like I go by the Dave Pell's method, so like say I'm a hundred yards out if I, um, if I hit it ten percent of a hundred or he usually does like ten percent. So like if you hit it within 10 feet or better, it's a good wedge. and then if you double it, uh, so if you hit it within 20 feet or, or less, it's considered a satisfactory wedge. So eleven to 20 feet satisfactory. 10 to 10 feet and in Is um, a good wedge So like I want to like hit some good quality Wedges while I'm practicing as well too um, Just be a good judgment Of that too but in in all in all I'm expecting to hit about 5,000 wedges Too so about 10,000 Range balls um, I so want to do some like All in one day yeah <laughs> Yeah try running two golf teams Yeah <laughs> 20 players
0: yeah. I mean, maybe as a golf team, you can finish
2: this in a week. Yeah. Well, we could probably do this in a day. Be like, all right, guys, girls, we're we're doing, so it, so it we're me and doing range and what work
0: today. Used to do is hit balls for four hours and then go play 36. Yeah.
2: Those buckets, those those uh, den caddies that fit 300 golf balls. I remember those. I would just dump them out at the range of Cloverneck, too, and finish two of those. But, but yeah, I mean, um, that's kind of something I have in mind. Is I do want to get back into a routine of like beating balls every now and then. Maybe not hitting like 500 balls at a time, but when I can like hit 100, 120 balls, and and then get after it with whatever else I'm doing. When people say they hit 500 balls a day, it's the biggest lie. I know you don't realize how many it is. It's so like, many golf balls. I think on average, like a. If I emptied out a Dem Caddy, Let's that was a good hitting point. day. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> are you smiling?
1: Uh, I...
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, the <Chris. laughs> I thought you were going to say I hit 500 golf balls a day. My <laughs> shoulders are made of tissue paper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, like, are kind of waiting for you guys to finish your point because I didn't want to interrupt, but – uh. Dave, you're talking about your wedges and your wedge practice. Like one time in college, your coach went away during like the off season for for a recruiting trip. And he's like, All right, guys, we had wedge boards set up from like, let's call it like 60 to 110 yards every 10 yards. And he's like, you gotta hit each board twice by the time I'm back, or each board ten times by the time I'm back. And I'll never forget, I sat there one day, just, like, bucket after bucket. I'm like, I'm going to knock this thing out. But everybody on the team did. And, like, we had, like, our huge divot piles just trying to hit these, (laughs) like, wedge boards. And, uh, I mean, just having that, like, completion goal was, like, nice because it's like, all right. I'm going to do this, do this. And we were supposed to like alternate and can't hit to the same target twice. But then it got down to a point where you're like just trying to hit the 110 target or something like that. Uh, but wedges were so good. My wedges were, everybody's wedges were so good after that weekend. And our coach was like, see, I told you guys. So But as we were doing it, we were all like, this motherfucker, <laughs> he, he leaves town and he's like, yeah, hit each wedge board 10 times. And it's like, we would have to do that once at practice, like once every other day at practice or once a day at practice, just he hit each board once. And he gave us three days to do uh, each board 10 times. And I was like, all right.
2: That's, that's a lot of grinding with the wedges. So yeah, that's probably a couple thousand. That's,
1: yeah, that's it, it was a
2: lot. You can and do it was, that with
0: wedges though. Yeah, like, you, you can set like, drivers and shit. I don't know. I hit I hit 300 golf balls the other day. I was on the range for 4 hours. And when I left and got back in my car and sat down for a second, I stood up, my hips were so sore. I was like limping around cuz it was like you you shouldn't hit that many golf balls. And I was just, yeah. you know, working on some stuff, but yeah, it's too I mean, many, but, like, when you add wedges into it, it helps a little bit. But uh, for sure. what I've been doing with wedges is I have, a, like, one of those Bushnell um, launch monitors, and I pick four or five yardages. And I have to hit that yardage within three yards five times before I can move on.
1: Yeah, I do a similar setup with the uh, – I've got a track man, and I do a similar setup with that. I'll go um, – I kind of work off the combine yardages. I'll go 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120, 140. So like all wedge distances. And then I'll set it up that I have to, I have like parameters. So it has to launch like under, under 32 degrees. Um, has to be within two yards on either side of the distance. So it can be, if I'm going 80, it has to be between 78 and 82. And then it can't be more than Six feet offline in either direction. So, in my mind, that's like okay. That's about ten feet. If you hit a two feet, two yards long and six feet offline, you'll have about ten feet roughly. So I have to hit. I'll go through and practice and I'll practice the yardages, warming up, and then I'll drill them. And I'll be like, I have to hit two or three in a row with this certain, like you know, thirty-two launch within two yards and within six feet side. And uh, before I can move on to the next yardage, just to kind of like give myself a little target to shoot for instead of just sitting there. Okay. That one was good. That was 60 yards, but just like two in a row, three in a row before I can move on.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do the same thing, but three yards, Mm -hmm. I have to hit that yardage five times. And if, let's say I'm struggling with it, I'm going to keep doing it until I feel like I got that feel down, but I'll, I'll pick yardage just like, Oh, you're like 63 yards. And then I'll go, like 105 then I'll go 115 then I'll go 85 then I'll go 107 then I'll go 125 and I do that until you know I feel comfortable but I I only do it off mats because when there's grass involved then like you just ruin your whole spot
1: oh for sure like uh and it it, it gets hard because if you don't have like the right range ball trying to launch it lower like the older the range ball they're you know they just like pop up in the air and spend
2: yeah. a
1: million um so like i'm fortunate with my setup at tbc that i can hit wedges across the back edge of the tee up to like 90 yards onto a green too so which is nice and i have my shag balls that i can do that and i'll just pile up the balls each yardage and whatnot and then um It depends on the length of grass. Like, if they don't, like, cut the tee, like, low enough that day, good luck launching a wedge with, like, lower than 32 with the right amount of spin. So, like, hitting off mats is nice. And then, like, indoors, I've been – there's a good facility in Cincinnati, and I actually started giving uh, instruction. I'm uh, the newest uh, swing coach there. But that's another story in itself. But uh, it's nice when you're hitting off mats because, like, you know, mats off of, into a screen because the lie is perfect every time with the mat. Yeah, you it's don't like, have to move those, yeah, mm-hmm. the, it's like if I launch a ball over thirty off of the mat, and I'm like, what the heck was that? Yeah, So I don't I'm not that
0: technical with it, but I I just worry about the yardage, and you know, I play around, I move the ball around a lot, in my stance like higher, lower, all that, but whatever's, I mean, like like you said, wedges are so important. And yeah. It's such a weapon if your wedge game is on.
1: For sure. For sure.
2: Yeah. I I love hitting off mats with wedges practicing like in our indoor field house at Wittenberg. Um <clears throat> that's one thing in particular, but yeah, I mean you think like you go like hit like off like a like a short grass range, not quite like a fairway height, like a little bit longer and it does hit play a big factor. Catch flyers.
1: Get it's so annoying um dave i've got a question for you and you guys might have already talked about this on previous podcasts but like since you've been coaching like what's something that you've like realized as a as a coach um and things that it, you've done as a coach that you're like man i wish i would have done this better when i was in college or like now as a still trying to play competitively things that you've like experimented with the team and you're like okay cool like that worked for my team i need to add this into my like practice regimen regimen and everything like that what are things that you've picked up on like as far as like from the coaching side of it that you've seen that like okay this works i'm going to start doing this more in my game or little things like that just purely practice wise
2: yeah i definitely take a lot away from like my players, especially like the guys, like the top guys right now, like I'm seeing, I'm getting lessons from uh, one of my coaches or one of the players' dads who's a director of golf at a golf course in Pittsburgh. So he's helping me out a good amount with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's things that I'll even take away from them. I mean, I think the game has changed a little bit in the last 10 years. I mean, all the guys on the team for the most part that are – that can move it are focusing more and more on like hitting the ball further and like getting speed and getting stronger. Like there's a, there's a really good desire for guys to get in the gym. Like they're going, like they're going to the team workouts, but they're also like going on their own time too. So kind of seeing like their motivation as well as one thing that helps Um, it kind of helps keep me motivated to like, keep my game sharp because there's times where I can't play or practice on certain days. And like those days may be consecutive as well too, because of like the, some of the like admin work I have to do or some of like the tournament planning that we have to do. Um, and, and like everyday, like team operations, you know? So, um one thing it's helped is me like help me like balance my golf game and like understand like just sharpening the pencil a little bit like whenever you can is going to help like keep your golf game as good a shape i mean same with like working out whatever else you do like cycle you do yoga like if you don't do it for an extended period of time you're you're definitely going to feel like the residual effects of that whether it's golf yoga working out running like I said, anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of like interactive drills that I've kind of taken from the guys. I mean, they like to play like this competitive like putting game inside of 10 feet. Usually um, sometimes like it's mostly like 10 footers around that, but it's called like a major. So they'll play like four rounds where they go around like a series of like six or nine tees. And, uh, and like, they they play it for for like a honey bone or something like that, um, and then also like in my language now. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Just piqued my interest a little I bit just, more.
2: I just bit my tongue mm-hmm. so hard. guys, <laughs> like um, just got big. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you should come if you have any eligibility left. You can try and find a way to use a COVID year and come play for Wittenberg.
1: I've got, I've got one tournament left in me. I was suspended for a tournament, my first tournament, my senior year. So I might have one, one event left.
2: Right. Um, even like as little as like thinking outside of the box, like I used to practice, or I do a lot of practicing with like a towel underneath my arms to like focus on connection and like coach, uh, my coach Sonny in the past, mine and Mike's coach, you know, Sonny really well too. Um, he's told me to put a glove underneath my right arm to practice like that same connection. Whereas like JF, this, uh, this kid on my team and his dad, like he's, he's taught me and like kind of coached me like JF in particular, but I've kind of taken it from JF is like put a glove underneath your left arm to practice that connection too. Because one thing I've noticed is like you put a glove under your right arm and off, like your body is going to like, yeah, you're going to get that left shoulder dipped up. And so like you still got to like even it out. And kind of glove under the left arm helps with, like, staying down in it with your left side. So you need, like, that balance. Um, something Like, little things like that. I'm watching everything that they do um, just because, like, I'm coach and, like, I, I want to pick the best guys possible for the lineup. And um, and so, like, anything I see, like, is, like, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, like, part of my job is being an observer. And just kind of, like, taking everything in and, like, putting the best pieces, the best the best guys out there possible. And, like, yeah, I mean, I ask them questions. Like, hey, what are you doing with that? Like, what does that do for you? Um, and, like, being a coach, like, one thing I've really tried to do is not really, like, force an idea on them because I understand, like, they have their own golf games, their own swing coaches that they're talking to for the most part. And so, like, being able to just ask the right questions and like see how they see like what's going on in their head um really helps with that but i'd say like a lot of stuff that i've taken away is just like it's a lot of mental too just like and this kind of goes along with like not playing as much but just having like complete and utter blind trust in my golf swing with regardless how it is because like you me Mike, we've all we've we've had to hit a million plus golf balls in our life. Collectively, I bet we're at five million, more than likely.
1: And Mike, so, like, Mike has that by himself.
2: Right. <laughs> and so like we've we've done the work. And so like I trust like the the thirty one prior years of me living life and playing golf, like it's not gonna differ much from what it was to me, like from week to week is like, sure. Like you could see like a little bit of a difference from like, from like a year or two years. And that kind of goes hand in hand with what, what we discussed in our last podcast with like putting in work and like building habits. Um, but yeah, I mean it, uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Got Paresha mean, hosting me today. So Let's have him get a little shout out, uh, when we finish up, but he just got me some breakfast. Um, but, anyways, um, yeah, just little stuff like that. I mean, stuff adds up over time. Inches add to miles, and like I understand, like I've already ran those miles, and so like I have trust in my golf game. Sure, I might want to tweak a few things here and there, but like I know how to hit a golf ball. Like I have, I'll, I'm I'm totally content with not swinging a club for one week, two week, three weeks and stepping onto the first tee and if i'm not hitting any range balls i still envision the shot i still have confidence that i can do it especially if i'm moving if my body's feeling well and i'm moving well like sure like that that repetition and that practice helps but still i mean i um i I hope that answers your question a little bit
1: yeah for sure for sure uh just wanted to get old coaches' insight. Anything you picked up on there? So good stuff. There's
2: there's definitely some tactics that I implement with like that I've like gotten from my old coach or like friends and friends that are coaches and stuff. Like I'll I'll kind of like talk to them, and I'd love to talk to like you guys in the future about how um, Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati did things. Uh, whether it's on the pot or not, just picking your brains. But yeah, I mean, I I try to really just try to have like a approach it with a growth mindset with with communication with with um, team operations and just trying to spread like that kind of mindset within the team. So
0: yeah, well, the me- the mental part is. Is so big when it comes to all this because it's so simple but so complicated and I mean you I've struggled with the mental part for for years I mean everyone has but like I was in a dark place at at one time especially with the full swing and le- a year and a half ago I was playing my best like hitting the ball my best Um, I was cashing a check probably for two straight months in every tournament I played and as like a mini tour golfer, that's it's you're playing well if you're always cashing a check, and uh, like it was to the point where if I wasn't shooting below 68, like it was like I did something like crazy wrong. But my only mentality was I only saw where I wanted the ball to go, like I would step up on the tee and I wouldn't think of water left or out of bounds right, I would think of oh, there's that tree that I want to fade it off of, or there's I'll aim in the middle of the lake and draw it back into the fairway. Like, that, that kind of confidence is is huge. And if you can have that, um, it's kind of like that interview with Scotty Scheffler when he was winning, like, every week. They asked him, uh, like, why do you think I'm, you're playing so well? And he's like, oh, I'm just trusting my shots. I am I just see the shot I hit the shot. That's kind of it. I don't really know what else is because, you know, his swing is – got kind of a crazier swing and he was just on and uh i mean sometimes it's just that simple of your mentality is i just see where i want the ball to go not where i don't want it to go
1: yeah i mean and then it's like the whole thing does uh confidence come from like that blind trust or is it like built from just like that hours and hours of practicing and everything like that because it's it's so much easier said than done to just step up and be like, yeah, I'm going to trust this one. Trust that it's going to do this and that. And it's like when you're playing good, it's like automatically happening. Like you're just not worried about the miss. You're only worried about like where the ball is going to go or like your finished target or whatever. Like, um, but yeah, it's just like trying to be have that blind trust as much as you can because as soon as like I do all my round evals and it's like almost every time that it's like a bad shot off the tee or into the green it's like well I was indecisive or I didn't really completely trust like what I was doing here and then that was like led to a below average or bad shot and it's like man if I could just step up 100% confidence have like the good, like, intended yardage that I want to hit it and good finish line and go from there. It's like, okay, I'm going to hit a good shot most of the time, but as soon as that doubt starts to creep in, it's like, more times than not, it's probably going to end up with, like, a below average or bad shot. So, But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's always, like, the battle trying to pick. Like, okay, can you just show up and be so confident in yourself that you're just going to trust everything that day? The better you can do – the better you can get at that, the probably better you're going to play, but – if you've been playing like crap, like leading up to it, it's so much harder to like step up and do that on the tee or like on the course.
2: Yeah. And I agree when you say like there's give and take for both and like, you need to have a balance of like practice and whatnot too. But, um, I'll say that, um, yeah, it's really tough to develop both. I mean, you gotta have confidence in yourself and, And lots of experience. So, yeah. You need to have just that irrational
0: confidence. Like you need to play golf like Russell Westbrook where every time he drives or, you know, like Steph Curry, like he'll pull up from anywhere and he'll just turn around like he knows it's going in. Like you have to have like kind of that playground irrational confidence, but you also have to have have – you have to be smart. Like you can't be an idiot on the course and think like, oh, 320-yard par four, there's water left and out of bounds right, and the fairway's only 10 yards wide, so I'll just rip driver just because I'm confident. But, you know, you still have to be smart.
1: Yeah. Unless you absolutely have to, you know. Yeah. My big thing, like, I try to be – I mean, this is just, like, kind of dumb saying, but it's just kind of like – I'm like, fuck it. Like, who cares where this ball goes, like, what the outcome is, but, like, Screw it. Like, I'm just going to step up and hit the shot as free as I can. Blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, my, my big thing is just kind of like before I, I'm doing something like that, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. it, Let's do it. But, it, it, yeah, it, it means <laughs> like, you, think like that. you can't be like dumb aggressive, though, uh, mm-hmm. is, is, is part of that. But, like, you have to play to your strategy. But as much as you can, it's just got to be like, who cares, like, where this ball ends up? I'm gonna hit the shot as good as I can, and go. And that's like kind of how like Russell Westbrook plays basketball. He's going to the rim. Who cares? Like, <laughs> see you at the rim. It doesn't matter if like Rudy Gobert's up there or whatever. I mean, he he's going out. Like, he doesn't care. He's over over ten from three. He's got an open three. He's gonna take that thing. I mean, maybe not, but
0: yeah, Jordan problem. Poole, just shoot thirty times a game. Think yeah. he's. You know, he thinks he's Steph Curry.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's my my big thing. And I've, like, started teaching some lessons, and I've got some players that are decent, and they're, like, wanting to play some more competitive golf. And they're, like, you know, I really struggle with um, maybe, like, some, like, anxiety on the course, like, over shots or putting and everything like that. My big thing is, like, dude, like, at the end of the day, the guys that you play with, they're not going to remember that you missed a four footer or, or whatever it, it like, it doesn't matter as much as you can get into your head. It matters a lot, but like, you should care. But as much as you can get into your head, let's just focus on like trying to be as committed as possible and then let the result happen. And the, that try to free yourself up as much, as much as you can, like who cares?
0: I mean, I think that's why we were, our high school team was so good is because everyone was so fucking cocky. Yeah. Like, every everyone on our team thought they were the best player in the state. Yeah. And that's why we won everything. Like, we started off, like, a little, little slow. And then, like, once we got that first W, it was off to the races. So, it's just... Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, my <laughs> headphones died. <done. laughs> Let me plug them in really quick.
0: Dave says he's logging back in, but yeah, I, I honestly think that, I mean, the rational confidence is,
1: is a thing you need. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, There's any
0: sort of doubt, you're just, you're going there and probably going to miss cut. Probably not going to play well, but also it's like that, like that Max Homa tweet. It's uh, he said professional golfers are one swing away from quitting and also one swing away from thinking they're going to win the masters.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of like really good athletes you meet and people that are just like successful business people or whatever, initially some of them can come off like kind of arrogant and you're just like, not, I mean, cocky or arrogant. I mean, it, 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 like, but a lot of really good players have that little bit of an edge to them or really good athletes or successful people. They have that little bit of an edge where they're towing the line between that like confidence and cocky and arrogant. And it's like, you know, it pays off. The best, the best people are like, you know, super confident in themselves. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, golf's. Hey Dave. What's up, man? <laughs> you back? I'm showing the connection?
1: That Wi-Fi down in Sea Island. They're K-Mart. off the grid. It's
0: that Kmart connection. Yeah. I mean, we've done an hour. We can end it there. I'm not sure where Dave is. We can, we can end it here. But uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, you're welcome to join anytime. I'm sure you'll be on again at some point. But uh, yeah, heal up. Get ready for the Clovernook Open, hopefully.
1: Yeah, it's circled on my calendar. Might be the first one, first event back. Wow. Hopefully you're not hitting those uh, low hooks the whole time there. I've been grinding on some one-handed swings, so I feel like I'm gonna be uh. Dude, you saw, fighting
0: sp- it. you saw the speed? I saw that that one you
1: posted. I I can get it up to like seventy-four. I think is as fast as I've swung one-handed. I was hitting seven irons, but I somebody had like a hybrid in there the other night. The shaft was a <laughs> little heavy for one hand, but I was able. I think my furthest carry was like one sixty-seven. Wow!
0: With wait with a seven iron,
1: with the hybrid, a five hybrid, so. Little was little my, spring in her face. My
0: dad in there with his
1: five hybrid. <laughs> no, his six hybrid.
0: I'm pretty sure he's the seven hybrid now, and I'm not kidding. And it's all PXG. Nice hey. PXG army.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he knows what works for him.
0: It doesn't work for him. And it's I hope terrible. he would listen to this because he'd call me so pissed off. Fuck you, man! It doesn't work for me.
1: I'll come over there and kick your ass.
0: Yeah, you would never come to California, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate appreciate you coming on. Um, don't log off yet. I'll I have to tell you a couple things after, for just the recording thing. But uh, oh here here's Dave again. So we'll just we'll just log off and we'll talk
1: after. All right. Alright man, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course.
0: Oh shit. We gotta do it again, dude. Let the lens cap on.